welcome back to the Tank Rodriguez Show. I'm your host, Tank Rodriguez, and you are listening to the Horror Pot of Horror Tuesday Show. Now, it's out a little late. I do apologize about that. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to uh, the recording of the Horror Pot of Horror, so I gave the keys to the kingdom to Derek and James, uh, the youngins, and trusted them. And I put the pod in their hands, as I just said. But, you know, you leave the kids alone for a little bit while Mama goes out to get some milk. And what do they do, folks? They make a mockery of one of uh, a movie that I like. I like a lot. I'm not going to spoil it. It's at the end. Uh, they, they took a metaphoric shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just kidding, of course. Uh, it is it is a movie that I do enjoy, uh, but these uh, horror snobs, per se, <laughs> don't think it's good. Uh, I personally, and I, I'll talk about it on, on the next week's show if I'm able to make it. I'm not sure if I'm able to make that one either, uh, but I'll make sure and, and give the keys uh, to the youngins again, and I know they'll uh, produce gold. Uh, we went over, oh, they went over uh, the, uh, 80, uh, I think it was 80, uh, top slasher film. Yeah, top slasher films. And a great listen. You're going to laugh. You're not going to cry. Well, you might because you might be scared. But a lot of good movies uh, that were brought up, those uh, nice honorable mentions. Uh, but yeah, no, a great show. I'm, I'm going to keep this short because it's a little long. It's a longer. I'm so happy that I actually went a little long for those guys. Um, no time constraints or whatever. Uh, they, re- they you can tell the the true passion, the true expertise, the true expertise of these fine two individuals of the horror pot of horror, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but without further ado, I'm going to go and kick it off to them. Thank you again, Derek and James. Y'all did a great job, and I can't wait for y'all to do it next week too. Sure. All right, I'm Derek. This is James. Hey and guys, we- and we're here to creep you out. Ah, it's a good SNL oh, joke good. to start off. <laughs> Make a forty-year-old <laughs> SNL joke. I like that's, that. Hey, you know what? I, I'm I'm forty, so I feel like a forty-year-old SNL joke well, is, re- is really appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Give or, give or take a few. Uh, James and I are live, and we are uh, we are uh, parent-free tonight. Uh, just kidding. Uh, Dad's at work. Dad's at work. Uh, so it's just the two of us. May havoc ensue. Yep. We'll try not to break anything or burn anything down. We're totally going to burn stuff down and break stuff. We're going to break open the liquor cabinet. That's right. Yeah, wild. Look, look at the nudie mags. Nudie mags. And watch some slasher movies because we are getting into the top 10 slasher films. That's a, I will say this is one I think has been my most exciting list since we've been doing this. I'm very excited for this one. You forgot the, you forgot the word arduous. It's also very <laughs> arduous, yes. It's, it's been very hard to narrow this list down. That's uh, for all you listening out there, uh, James and I made like 40 iterations of this list, um, and it's could probably still can be changed at this very moment as we talk. So yeah, in fact, I'm sure once I end we end filming this, I'm going to go home and kick myself in the ass for leaving out certain Pro- movies. But it's fine. I mean, it, we can always visit in round two. That is that is super true. Some yeah, because that's the thing is we we were talking uh, before we started recording. Uh, you know, we we both grew up in 80s horror and. I think in that time, the majority of films that were coming out that I was watching, especially the ones that were mo- the the um, the ones that were the big money makers, the big franchises at the time, they were all either slashers or slasher adjacent. Um, so we lived in the gr- the golden age of slashers, um, late seventies, early eighties. Um, so 
it was definitely those those movies I think hit home for me. They're the ones that I feel like, you know, if I went through my extensive film collection, I would probably hazard to say at least thirty five percent of my entire film catalog is probably slashers. Yeah, we totally agree with that. I, I think I have a good chunk that are slashers too. Um, so I have to ask before we get started. Did you put any rules around your... Oh, so many rules. Now, I know we talked about, like, we weren't going to really focus on the mainstream slashers, like your Michael Myers, your Freddies, because that's been done. Um, and there's so many other great slashers out there that we could put on the that's list. Right. Um, so I know that was our our rule between the two of us, but I didn't know if you added any additional sidebar rules for yourself. No, I mean, there was ones... I mean, I tried to make them... Literally, just the traditional, for the most part, slash and stalk or um, uh, stalk and kill slashers, where there's a some sort of maniac out there killing people off one by one um, for you know various motives. But I tried to steer it away from anything that was sort of um, where the plot got too involved, where it left that sort of basic premise. Um, I did want to throw. Because if I were to be honest and say my my honorable or my favorite slashers of all time, I did have, I just wanted to go on record there before I made my list. I did have my honorable mentions as far as three of my favorites from the top three slasher films. I just wanted to go on record and saying personally, Friday Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter is my favorite Friday Thirteenth film. That almost made my list actually because yeah. I felt it was like, yeah, that was a that so was a good, good. one. Yeah. Um, same director as one of the other movies on my list, though, Joseph Zito. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors, still my favorite. Um, which is funny, because that was my favorite growing up. I didn't realize how, you know, when I, when I became, you know, older and, you know, sort of, sort of really, you know, the, the internet horror, uh, community really blossomed. I didn't realize how many other people thought that same way. It was just one of my favorites, you know, um, it was, it was my favorite personal Friday 13 these days and age. I guess it's, that's sort of a popular consensus by the time. Yeah. And then... Uh, and I get a lot of flack for this, but I still say of the entire Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise, uh, I still say my favorite is part two. Of course. Yeah. You, I mean, you cannot beat Chop Shop. Nope. Uh, I just love, like, yeah, that's, that's my fe- uh, favorite Texas Chainsaw Massacre as well. If anything, for two reasons. One, the opening scene. With yep. the two with the two frat boys, boys in, the, in, the, in car. the car, which is amazing, uh, and Dennis Hopper, who is about as batshit crazy he, as you could possibly and that's, get. So, and that's that was my thing watching that movie because as a kid, I always wanted to see a hero that was as batshit crazy and as dangerous as the as the killer. And pretty much that's what Dennis Hopper plays. Yeah. He's lunatic. Yeah, the I mean, sequence when he's in the, the the hardware store trying out the chainsaws. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, well, he just comes in blazing. Double chainsaw uh, style. Double chainsaw Double style. chainsaw. Um, I always really was super curious, like, what happened. Like, because there was no confirmation of death That's right. yeah. for him in that movie. So I was always curious, like, what happened at, at the end of that. Yeah, um, if he hadn't passed away, I would. it was always a dream that uh, he would revisit that character at some point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I will say, you know, you know, obviously Texas Chainsaw, and, of course, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is... Amazing, obviously. Um, and, you know, that version of Leatherface is so intimidating and so frightening. He's almost like a, a puppy dog in the same way. It's like, he's kind of, you know, he's sort of like, I don't know, he's like doesn't seem nearly as threat. He's the least threatening member of the family. Grandpa is more threatening than Leatherface, it seems. That's true. Him. If only he, he could hold that hammer. Remember, he can just he hold just, it up. He's he got that hammer. 
but he just he's not super good. He makes a couple good blows in there though. I feel like so. I agree. So he's he's pretty good in that. Yeah, Grandpa is pretty awesome. So um, let me ask: Did you have any rules? I did. The only rule I really had were um, one definitely had to be more than one kill. So I know you can have some people will will stick certain movies in a genre slasher. And there's, like, not a huge body count. Yeah. I feel like if you're really true to form slasher, you got to rack up a couple. Um, I, in fact, one of my prerequisites to be a true slasher is that the kills have to be more memorable than the story. I feel like truly, true, yeah. hard, like, tried and true films that are at the core of them, real slashers... It is serious, just a series of killings. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you bought your movie ticket for. That's my personal feeling. Yeah, so. go for the kills. Go for the kills. I think one rule I was going to put on here, but I didn't end up using it really because it was one movie I feel like I had to put on here. Um, I was going to try to avoid killers that were supernatural in basis. I so. almost did the same thing. I almost did the same thing. I was only going to do that because we agreed that we were taking off things like Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth. Um, the whole reason I did not put Chucky on my list, um, but there was one on here that is like more supernatural, like kind of sci-fi basis. So um, yeah, I have two. There, I think they're the last two on my list that are. Well, one is definitely supernatural, um, which I'll get to. But the last one is kind of up in the air. But we'll get to that one. There's been a lot of like people say. We'll get to it when I go to my list, but yeah. All right. Are we ready to get started? I am ready. All right. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I can first? go first this time. All right. You sure. go first. So my number 10, and I, I did actually try to put this one in order of my favorites, um, which I didn't usually do, but I try to give it in this See, time. I pulled the James approach. I just like, I put them all in here in mm-hmm. some semblance of order, but like, I don't necessarily know if they're like ranked personally as my favorites, but like, I feel like they're kind of in order. Mine, mine this time is probably what I would definitely say is... Closest to an actual, you know, number 10 to number one is okay. what I've done. But number 10 is The Prowler, um, which was... Dude, I almost put that on my list. I took it off literally today and replaced it with something else, yeah, but it, I, was, it was on my list. I had actually, I had replaced, um, um, now I'm blanking on the movie that I replaced, that I, that The Prowler trumped. Um, Oh, uh, Alice Sweet Alice, which is a great... Oh, shit, I almost put that one on my yeah. list, too. I said, that's what, again, I was trying... Again, to the listeners, you know, I think it's funner for everybody when me and Derek have different lists, although it is fun to see when we, we agree. Yeah, we there are times where our lists almost intersect. I think we've only, at the the zombie one was the only time we've ever had something that matched up simultaneously exactly. in order. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, yeah, we our lists don't typically match a whole lot, but it's always fun to listen to, like, the ones you were going to put on there or that you did that, like, narrowly missed the cusp on my list. That was, like... Alice Sweet Alice was like iteration like number three yeah. of my list. And that I, one was actually on my first like four interpretations of this list, but at the end of the day, I just felt like there was other ones that I think and it and it's taking nothing away. That's a movie is amazing. I feel it's very, actually very underrated. Yeah, super um, well done. But yeah, number ten, The Prowler. Um, no mainly known for Savini's special effects work, rightfully so. It actually has, especially for the time, some of the most grisly deaths um there's a he i think what he did with like his previous film work at this point i think he just really it was really mature there's one sequence um i believe it's in the pool where there's the the victim is getting her throat slashed and it's the first time 
I've ever seen a movie where the machete blade looks like it's literally in her neck. Not just cutting that surface, but literally going into her actual throat. Which is the first time I saw it, I had to like pause it because I was like, how are they doing that? But it, the whole, I mean, the pitchfork in the shower scene, <coughs> when he stabs, one of my favorite kills in film history, which I, you know, should have been on our previous gore list, but when he uh, knifes that dude straight through his head, it goes oh, up the yeah. bottom. Um, there's just, it. it's just, there's so many, the kills, and I think Savini himself puts it as probably some of his favorite work. I will say, I. Uh, Say what you want about Tom Savini. I think he does a really great job. I think that's like like when you see things like machete in the head, machete yeah. in the neck. Yeah. Um, that is probably some of his like signature trademark moves. Yeah. Like it immediately makes me think of like uh, Dawn, of, uh, Dawn of the Dead yeah. um, when I see that. so. But it's just a good movie. I love, um, you know, it's got very, it has this weird thing with me where the 80s, anytime the 80s, 80s movies try to do period, like, the beginning of this film takes place in the 40s, and it just looks like the like an obvious, like they, it still looks like the 80s to me. There's a thing that happens usually in these kind of movies where like, hey, well, this play takes place in the 50s, but all the kids have like basically 80s haircuts that they've just slicked back. You know, it's very like obvious that it's still the same time frame. I think this one actually was pretty successful at the beginning, but I love the look of the killer. Um, uh, for the longest time, in fact, um, I was trying to get really good reference material because I always wanted to do a painting or drawing of the killer. Um, but it was really hard to see what was going on uh, until recently, um, thanks with the 4K and, and uh, what have you. But I just love the look of the character. You know, the ending... And by the way, this was going to be spoiler-heavy for all these movies that are 35 years old. But, um, you know, the ending when it's like, he's just an old man. Like, he's not a demon from hell. He's not some deformed mutant you know son he's just like an angry old man like i don't know something was really kind of like rewarding in that yeah i think that's what makes it scary though right exactly it's far that, more it, that it could be um yeah i mean it just it could be anybody right i, I agree um but yeah uh, that's my number 10 so it's a solid number 10 to start off with i would say it's good yeah i agree <laughs> right. so uh my number 10, which has been like literally 10 other things at this point. Um, I'm going to go with Prom Night. And I'm not talking about the remake, but I'm talking about the Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. Curtis. Um, that was probably, short of Halloween, was probably really my first like uh, taste as Jamie Lee Curtis as a Scream Queen. Um, I really felt like it was kind of the, the very early stage teen slasher, yep. uh, which you didn't really see a whole lot of. I mean, yes, you have Halloween, but like... That's a tough act to follow yeah. in a lot of people's opinions. But um, so the fact that like Jamie Lee's Curtis comes out of that really does a good series of like some decent horror movies, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I just loved it. I loved it more for, yeah, the, the kills were great. Um, I just really love the, the kind of stock and slash element yeah. of, the, of the movie. It really did kind of keep you guessing. Um, there was some mystery behind it. I remember as a kid watching it, like I was, I was surprised at the ending. Now I don't know if I watched it as an adult now, if I would be as surprised of like how it ended. But spoiler alert as well: if anybody hasn't seen Prob Night Number One, why are you listening to this podcast if you haven't seen it? Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> number two, yeah, just to know that it's it's her brother at the end, like um, it's just to me it was it was nuts. Like the fact that she identifies him, then uh, he just kind of lays there dying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, just a really great movie, and it's kind of, to my opinion, um, one of the really, I think, unsung hero um, 
slasher movies of the time, and I think mainly because of Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. Yeah. Um, like two of the movies I have on here, um, I think were just overshadowed by that. Yeah. Um, that you really couldn't kind of couldn't ever get ahead of it. Um, so it's kind of lost. And then, of course, they did the remake of it, and the remake, which is terrible. And it's um, funny that you said that because I was going to say I'm not. I am one of the few minorities that don't think all remakes are inherently bad. I recognize that like it's it's literally just. It's like anything. It's like you can do something great with it or you can just try to cash in. But I have to say like that Prom Night remake has got to be one of yep. the worst remakes and here's I've the thing. ever seen. I don't even consider that a remake because that had nothing to do to with do the with original storyline. Right. You just yep. take a place at a fucking prom, prom and that's about it. Yeah, I can think of prom. Yep. 20 other movies that also take place exactly. at prom exactly. that I would rather call Prom Night uh, than that movie. So terrible remake but awesome original Yeah, the, uh, awesome. the first is a classic. Yeah. yeah. All right, so for my number nine, um, this is a movie I adore. Um, I It's one of those movies I feel like I try to get my friends who are into horror who have never seen it to watch it. I think it's actually a fucking really great movie. And it's 1989's uh, Intruder. Um, directed, and I'm blanking on the director's name, but he was actually the co- co-writer for Evil Dead 2. Um, but Sam Raimi is one of the stars in it. Uh, both Ted Raimi and Bruce Campbell have small roles in it. In fact, I think when it was released, it was like, Advertises starring Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi, even though they're literally in it you know, very little. But it's, minor minor roles. But yeah, it's it's just it's a fucking really good movie. It's uh, set. It takes place um, in a this like mom and pop grocery store, and um, it's the closing night. The uh, one of the two owners has said like, "Look, like I sold it. You know, we just I can't you know keep this on. We've been doing this for a long time. It's almost like it feels like a co op." Like, all of the kids, who, the people that work there are really invested in it. But, like, look, we got to sell this. Um, there's this conflict between one of the girls and her ex-boyfriend at the beginning that, you know, really sort of sets off this sort of unease, this tension. And you, then these killings start happening. And there's a lot of misdirection in it. Um, it's got one of my favorite endings of, of uh, any slasher movies ever. Um, again, spoiler heavy. But so at the end of the film, you find out it's actually the co-owner of the stories, the one killing, he's super pissed off at, uh, you know, the, his, the other guy for selling it, the, you know, like he didn't want to sell it. He go basically on this rampage. Um, but the very end of the movie, the, the two kids, uh, the two final, the final boy and final girl, the cops come when the cops arrive, the, the old man who's dying, he's been defeated by these two kids basically tells the cops like they killed everybody. They're maniacs right before he dies. The cops arrest the boy and girl. Uh, but <laughs> Those young kids. Yeah, it was great. But, I mean, the act, all the actors in there are great. Yeah. Um, it's, the, the kills are great. But the movie just looks really well. And it's actually a really good script. It's great, good acting. The dialogue's really believable. These are really, like, relatable. These are one of those, it's one of those slasher movies where, like, you don't want the people to die. Like, they're very, like, likeable. Like the, likeable they're characters. relatable. Yeah, I mean, very I mean relatable. they're not just, like, a body, body count, right? Exactly. So, it's... And it's just one of those movies. I don't know why it's not more popular, especially with like Sam Raimi actually being one of the you know he he's he's a prominent you know actor in this movie. But yeah, it's just one that not a lot of people know. But I love it's it's definitely it's for me it's a go buy. It's even not even like a go rent go buy that movie. I think it's once you see it, you'll end up loving it. That's my impression. Yeah, no solid movie. I haven't I've only seen it one time. Um, was a teenager when I rented it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really, I really thoroughly liked it. And, and to your point too, 
I mean, the characters are believable. I yeah. mean, and that's the thing. They're like, like real human beings who were like, yeah, it's no, they're not and cartoons. I, and I think that's what makes it a good slasher movie is just solely because of the sympathy level. Yep. If you didn't care, you wouldn't care that this person is stalking and killing him. Exactly. Uh, but you do care, so you want them. And then you're like, it's an even bigger blow at the end <laughs> where the innocent people get accused yep. of being guilty. Um, which is even more terrible. It's so sad. Yeah, it's like, but again, like, that's so clever. Like, yeah. That's never something you've, I've ever seen in another film. So my number nine, I, I am very much on a Jamie Lee Curtis kick uh, tonight. Right. I'm going to go with Terror Train. I, yeah, I knew um, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I really just like this movie wholeheartedly. Um, to me, it's, it's just a classic. Um, I think the, the kills are great. I mean, there are a couple ones that are kind of like, meh, like could do without them. But there are some solid kills in there as well. Um, I love the ending of this movie. Um, had no idea that... Um, the the tormented guy Kenny um, was was the woman <laughs> like I mean well done yeah that's all I gotta say that you know it's drag was great yes. um, really really caught me off guard I love the ending I think it left it open um, this is one I'm actually really surprised they haven't we talk about remakes I'm really surprised they haven't remade it um, maybe some people don't take trains a whole lot anymore I don't know but yeah. uh, <laughs> like terror terror party bus maybe exactly. like would be the modern version of it um, but yeah I I remember watching this when I was a kid even the mask um, really just creeped me out yeah. um, like it, the movie tourist trap uh, the which I hope is, is on your list <laughs> it's a great movie it's not on my list but it's a great movie uh, I love Torch Trap, Anyways, but it's the same thing that the mask and that's kind of a, I don't know if something about it's similar, even similar in my head, but it's just unsettling, that mask. Yeah. Is like, it's not like trying to be over-the-top scary, it's just unsettling. It's just weird. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just a weird mask. Yeah, with the nose. Yeah. yeah, with the nose and yeah. the stash and like, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just one of those ones where like you you see it and you're like, ah, just, it's something about it just isn't like leaves me with a pit yeah. in my stomach and then on top of that all the murders yeah. that take place so um but yeah, obviously it's, it, the, the, it's got a great atmosphere like you know like yeah. the set i think setting it on a train was like smart because there's a certain level of like you're you're sort of trapped and oh you very much are i mean yeah. there's there's points in that movie where like you very much know that nobody could get away yeah. obviously seeing how it ends to yeah. um with the killer being kicked out of the the train, the train i mean yeah. like there's nowhere to go um at that point so you really, you really are truly stuck, and I think that's terrifying in itself. Is that you can't get away. So I think Terror Train is one of those perfect examples of a movie that, like, horror fan, like people who like really love horror, whether they're watching it because of Jamie Lee Curtis's starring role or just they're a you know, fan of the genre. Like, it's one of those films that, like, we, like the horror community loves, but I would say the vast majority of the populace have never even heard of. And again, I think and it's just it's overshadowed. Yeah. It's overshadowed, overshadowed by, by Halloween. Yeah. Yep. I 100% agree. Halloween on a train. Awesome. What's your What's your number eight? So my number eight, um, I feel like the, this age is getting very popular, but um, it's The Burning. Uh, oh, that's very, a good movie, too. I had, didn't even think about that to add that to my list. You know, um, uh, this is actually going to be related to the, the next movie I mentioned, to my number... Uh, oh, shoot. I just realized... I misnumbered my uh, my list as I'm actually looking at it. Okay. So you wanna, I actually... You want to retract your statement and, and pick a number one? No, I, I, I'm, I, I know what I'm going to do for number okay. seven. So. Right. Okay. But so, anyways, so, um, but yeah, so The Burning, great movie. Um, 
loosely based off of like the real legend of Cropsy, this real um, urban legend. But uh, it's it's a camp slasher. Um, you know, it's one of the early ones. It's very memorable. Um, the character of Cropsy, who was basically this um, caretaker at this camp who was burned alive by these these uh, hooligan campers uh, trying to play a joke on him. It went horribly awry and it burned him up. Um, and he's come back after uh, he's been released from the hospital to wreck holy uh, vengeance on everybody. Uh, film's actually really um, famous for being the first movie for uh, actually a few stars. Um, Holly Hunter was just a young girl when she was in it. That's uh, right. Uh, Fisher Stevens' first movie. Um, that is right. And most well known for being George Costanza himself, Jason Alexander's first movie, um, which I will say even at 20 he looked pretty much the same, just with a little bit more hair. Uh, he was one of those guys that, like, even though he had hair, you could tell he was going to go bald. <laughs> this is just like a chubby guy waiting to go it bald. Was, it was going to happen. But yeah, amazing kills. Some people, like, kind of find them humorous, but I think the kills are amazing. They're super gnarly. Um, the kills on the, the, the raft specifically, when Fisher Stevens gets his hands ah. cut off, or his fingers cut off, uh, stabbed through the neck. I mean, it's just... Ah. It's brutal. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's super brutal. Um, it just, you know, I love the fact that, first off, like, wherever they filmed, I think it was in New, upstate New York, but the locations were beautiful. Like, unlike some other low budget, especially camp movies, where, like, they only allowed to film on these campgrounds, these had aerial shots, huge wide open spaces. They were, like, their, their sets were incredible. Um, it felt like they had made it for a lot of money. But my favorite thing about the burning... <coughs> Excuse me. Besides the the, the carnage, uh, is the fact that he you you only see Cropsy. He only you only reveal him at the end. Um, but that makeup is still one of my favorite quote unquote monster makeup effects ever. Uh, rarely do you see a burn burn makeup that looks both like really like scary and memorable, but also relatively realistic of what actually happens with a burn make with when human skin gets burned. Um, but yeah, it's just a great movie. It's become, I think, over the years. The horror community is really, I see it more and more common, um, uh, you know, people with t-shirts and different, you know, the licensing of it's out there more. But it's a great movie, definitely gets the respect it's, it, it's, it's due. Um, I love it. I think, uh, I think if you are into slashers, I think this is, you know, a must-have. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I think the reveal at the end is, like, probably the most, like, disturbing part of that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and whoever did the effects for that, like, definitely did their homework on like what burn victims look like um, to a degree that like made it to your point realistic. Yeah. Um, and that was the scariest part is like, shit, I'm, I'm looking at somebody that does look like they've been burned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super brutal kills. Totally forgot about the Fisher Stevens uh, kill, which is great. So I'm going to have to go back and like rewatch that, put it, put it on my list. So my number seven, uh, number, eight number eight is uh, Silent Night, Dead Late Night. Almost made the, my list. The original, uh, not the remake. Though I did really like the remake. The remake's not bad. Um, it's not, it's I, not great. I thought, it's not bad. Not great. Um, I thought it was a solid, solid remake, though. Like it wouldn't be the worst remake I've ever seen um, in my whole life. Uh, I love Donald Loja, anyways. So like, um, he's a he's a pretty good actor. But and I'm not including any of the the sequels in this except for the original. I do not want to hear about it's garbage day. Yay. It's the most quotable line ever, but uh, in the worst possible movie ever. Yeah, the uh, thing is, it's I I do enjoy part two. 
It's not a good movie. The most memorable scene is that scene. Yeah, it's, it's totally that scene. Um, anything that's got a, to my opinion, has just a fucked up Santa Claus. Yes. Like wreaking havoc. I personally love probably a little bit more than Halloween horror movies are Christmas horror movies. Um, and honorable mention here that didn't make my list but was going to be on my list is Black Christmas. Um, That's my new number seven. Ah, perfect. I'm glad you put it on there. I thoroughly like that movie. Um, ironically enough, also another killer named <laughs> Billy as well. Yep. Um, that was a gr another great holiday uh, holiday kill movie as well. Um, I like the fact that it takes place in one setting, yep. which is fantastic. But yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night, like, which is I think really it's just the whole like perverted like creepy mythology of that of like yeah, yeah like you know so. I for the longest time when I was a kid and I, I would attempt to watch this, like it was probably one of the few movies that like I kind of like freaked me out a little bit that I had a really hard time sitting through the whole thing. It really wasn't until I was an adult that I sat down and like watched like the whole thing all the way through that I was kind of disappointed that I didn't finish it when I was a kid. But it was just creepy, just yeah. this idea of a deranged Santa Claus running around and the kills I thought were were really well done. Yep. Um, in this in this movie as well, and just uh, one of the greatest movie posters of all time. Oh yeah, solid movie poster. Whenever like, you piss off a lot of people, that's that's quality advertising. Yeah, you know you're doing the right <laughs> thing, and you know people are going to watch your movie um, <laughs> if you do that. So that is that is definitely my number eight. That's a solid number eight. Like, it almost made my list, um, but I went with a different uh, Christmas uh, horror film, Black Christmas. I think a lot of people who've never seen it think it's something it's not. It's actually a very intelligent movie. Like it's, the acting is sophisticated. It's the it's beautifully shot. Um, the music is great. So the, yeah, the score in that score movie is, is phenomenal. Beautiful. Um, Margot Kidder, rest in peace. Like I think she was at her all time best in this. Um, is this sort of like boozy, sort of like brash? Yeah, like, just a bat. Like she, she was. She was a good-looking lady for her time. Yeah, and that, that's the other thing as well. Um, but yeah, the um, you know it's very well. It's one of those people now put it on the list of the most important slasher, especially because it was you know kind of predated a lot of the stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, the, there's just that one scene, the the bag over the head scene, which I still just so it's beautifully shot. It's so like it's terrifying. You feel it, but. The kills are great. Um, the performances are really good. Like you said, the fact that it takes place just in the house on that one night. Yeah. like Just in the attic, you in know. In the attic, too, yeah. Um, yeah, my all-time favorite scene is the uh, the crystal unicorn, yeah. <laughs> unicorn scene. <laughs> yeah. Also Margot Kidder as well. Uh, yeah, that just that whole scene creeped me out. Just the, the whole idea of... It's just like, a really effective, creepy... It, do, it doesn't... Yeah. It, it's, you know, again, the fact that, like... For the majority of the film, you don't see like the, anything really. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, yeah. Just it kind of is very much in the vein of like, uh, you know, stranger in the house. Yes, like exactly. That. Like, just, and that is just like to know that somebody's in your house and you don't even know they're in your house. Yeah. It's just it's it's just thoroughly creepy, on top of excellent kills. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, solid pick, almost on my list. Um, what did make your number seven though? Yeah. It came, it came close. So my number seven is uh, My Bloody Valentine. That is on my list. Uh, perfect. Um, yes, the original. Though I will say um, has one of the remake wasn't terrible. 
Um, no, I will not. say it has one of my favorite like uh, kills in that with uh, Tom Atkins uh, pickaxe through the lower jaw. Oh and yes, rip, rips his jaw right, right off. Yeah, uh, love it. Yes, love, uh, I, I just really didn't like it. it was super CGI heavy, and I, yes. I didn't like the ending of it. Um, I didn't like the asshole was a hero either um, in that movie. Yeah, but I um, agree. I'm hundred yeah. percent on that. But the original so was just good. so fucking creepy. Yep. Um, some amazing kills in that, no less. Yep. Uh, mines are creepy anyways. I feel like that's like that's a, another setting, very much like one in your house where like you're kind of at a loss of like how to get away. Um, I don't know why people are stupid enough to hang out on a mine anyways, but um, I, I always found the original just extremely... The, uh, the idea of like the mask... Well, though, with the hose. I mean, that's just that always creepy out. That's another great one where the mask itself is nothing that's really over the top, but it is totally ominous. Yep. And really spooky when you see somebody like the Prowler, uh, yep. like the Prowler outfit. Yep. He's got that helmet, you know, like the, he's all black. Yeah. yeah. Um, just extremely creepy, but nothing, it kind of mundane at the same time. Well, so uh, since I, I'm going to, I'll move one move around just to talk about it yeah. because it is on my list. Uh, so as a funny story, like so that was one of the first horror movies I ever remember seeing. Um, I was really young, probably like six, and they were showing it on TV, and it was like I think it was Valentine's Day weekend, and I remember just being scared of the title. Like I remember my blade Valentine sounded scary, but I remember seeing. I think it was even. I don't even think I was the. I think it was the advertisement for the show that there was going to show later, but just the shot of of Harry Warden. With the pickaxe and that mining mask terrified me. Like, it literally bothered me. Um, but in that way that, like, you know, that titillating way where you're like, I want to see if I'm going to watch most yeah. through my fingers. But <laughs> even, like, as I'm terrified to watch seven it. years old, I was entranced. Um, yeah. It still holds up. I think it's, like, one of those movies that, like, it almost didn't need to be remade. Yeah, it's very 70s, early 80s. Was 79? Yeah, I think, yeah, 79? late 70s, early, early 80s. 80s. But yeah. it's, it's, and it feels like that. It's kind of gritty. Very gritty, but I, I think it adds to it. I think it adds to the story. Again, very realistic characters, just normal human beings. Like, um, I love the, the twist ending. Um, just the whole conceit that, you know, which I think was much better done than the original, than yeah. the fucking remake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I kind of interrupted you. I no, 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 no. Thoughts, it's going to, I don't want to talk too much because it's on your list. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just a super solid movie. And again, I think it's, it's one of those movies that, like, you know, there's nothing, you know, really overly, like, beyond average about this guy. That's the thing with a lot of these killers on these lists. These are just people. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think makes it more scary. You have, like, something like Freddy or Jason or Michael Myers or Chucky. It's just a supernatural element to it. Yeah. Um, but when it's just an, a regular dude who just fucking snaps yeah. or has a mental break or is just evil, um, I think it just makes it way better. Um, at the end absolutely, of the day. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like, I think, you know, I watch a lot of true crime stuff. There's things that happen in real life that are more terrifying than most horror films. And there's something that to be said about like, and I love the supernatural stuff too. I mean, it's like escapism, like adds that extra like little level, but yeah, the idea of just some maniac, um, just losing his mind and deciding to like kill people for revenge or whatever, like, it just, you know, makes it, it just makes it feel more real, which makes it more effective, man. Yeah, definitely. 
What's what's your number? Uh, what's your number six? So um, my number six is the movie Madman. So nineties? Um, no, eighty uh, three, I think. Eighty four, eighty three. Madman. Yeah, Mad Madman about Madman Mars, one oh. of my favorite uh, screen killers. Um, so it was actually filmed actually around the same time as The Burning. Um, that's what I said. It must be 81, maybe. Actually, it's early. Oh, okay. All right. I was getting confused with Diary of a Madman. Oh, no. Okay. Good uh, film. Yeah, solid film. But, but no, Ma on. Madman. Uh, so, so at the same time The Burning was taking place, which was also based off of the, the, um, the Legend of Cropsey, so was this movie Madman. And then during production, they're like, oh, shoot. There's this other movie that's also using The Legend of Cropsey. So they're like, damn it, we have to rewrite this. So what they came up with was the story of Madman, um, introducing this character of Madman Mars, who is this house of a man um, who basically snaps one night, kills his family. They, the townspeople lynch him. They think he's dead. Um, turns out he's not. And uh, these local kids uh, camping, they're warned by this old man, like, hey, do not say the name Madman Mars, otherwise he will hear you and he'll come for you. And, of course, that's exactly what happens. He does come. Um, one of the reasons I love this movie is um, I think, like, I, I just, I think Madman Mars himself is just a great screen villain. Um, one thing I, especially as a kid, I liked about this was that, you know, the original Michael Myers was just a normal-sized guy, skinny guy, like, just literally a normal-sized guy. The original Jason wasn't that big. Freddy is a buck 35 soaking wet. Um... Madman Mars looked like a guy that could literally pick you up and tear you in two. He was a beast. He was a huge dude, ugly dude. He looked like a big redneck Sasquatch dude. Um, just a great, just a great movie monster. Again, though, you don't really see him. You sort of see him in the shadows. It's even the the famous, you know, VHS cover, which is basically just him in silhouette with his axe. That's pretty much how you see him. You just see him this lumbering figure. You see his, you know, because he's wearing shoes and he has these weird, really gnarly feet. But you just sort of see him in silhouette or just think, but he just, he looks like a, this terrifying monster. The kills are great. Um, he uses his, his almost superhuman strength in really creative ways. And he hangs this guy at one point. But, you know, and it's just, a, it's just, again, it's, it's, it, they're not rewriting the book here. It's literally just giant, you know, stalker in the woods killing, you know, teenagers. The, all the kills are really uh, inventive um, for the most part. Um, the soundtrack is super synthy. Um, Really could tell that Halloween had just come out because the soundtrack is super synthy. Um, but again, there's a lot of like almost like POV shots. Um, I think the pacing, it like it doesn't. There's unlike some films like like the original Friday the 13th, for example, where it's like not necessarily paced really well. There's always like once the story gets going, it just keeps going. There's enough kills and there's not a lot of time in between. Um, it's just really fun. He, Man in Mars is just a cool looking villain. It's just a really traditional slasher. Um, yeah, if you like if you like people getting killed in the woods uh, by a maniac, watch this movie. Watch this movie. Every now and then, listeners, James will come up with a movie that I've never seen before, and this is one of them that I just I've never never crossed paths with. So I'm going to add this to my list, and then I'm going to we'll talk about it next week. Sounds um, good. I'll let you know my thoughts. Um, my next list, uh, next on my list, um, is Slumber Party Massacre. Oh, I just watched that too again the other night. <laughs> Such a great movie. And that's, I think, what prompted me. See, this is a problem with creating lists and trying to create them in advance is you watch shit throughout the week and then you realize, like, why didn't I put this on my list? And this is also one that, that I watched over the past week. And, uh, yeah, 
Russ Thorne, the, the driller killer. Driller killer. Um, it is exactly, folks who have not listened, uh, have not seen this movie, it's exactly as it sounds. It is literally a slumber party massacre. So if you're looking for a movie that doesn't take itself super seriously, um, has a lot of young girls at a slumber party, we all know what that means. Yeah. Boobs. 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 Lots of boobs. Um, then you need to watch this movie. But I think also, this killer as, as a regular guy, which is creepy looking. He yeah. looked just like a weirdo. He looked like a creep. He just the the over like his his like kind of Michael Myers esque like jumpsuit. Um, his huge. What really killed me? What killed me about this movie that always terrified me was the like just his weapon of choice. Just like massive drill. Can you just get? It, like, I mean, horror slasher movies are already like there's a lot of phallic imagery in slasher movies, but is there anything more is, phallic? Like you're talking about a guy that. Breaks into an all-girls slumber party uh, with a giant drill. I mean, can you say anything more about that in imagery? Like, I think not. Um, but just a really, I think, great kills in that movie. It's fun. I think it's just like, doesn't sound fun, but it, it is truly kind of a, a fun movie. Like, you don't really have to think super hard about this guy's intentions. No. Like, you know exactly what it is. He's just a crazy guy that's just escaped. And he's on the loose. He's an escape maniac with a drill. Escape like, maniac with a drill. I mean, he might as well have an axe in his hand. Like, put him back in the 50s. Um, yeah, just one of my personal favorites. I, I also think he gets it's super underrated for, for what it is. But um, I think I haven't met anybody who's watched it that hasn't really truly appreciated it after seeing it. Like, even though they've kind of put it aside for a Quintessential 80s slasher. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, it's... And the, the... I actually have a... That was one of the only movies that my parents wouldn't let me rent at the time. They, I think they thought it was like, um, so, like going to be like super softcore porn. <laughs> um, but, you know, the cover says it all. The cover is exact. It's one of those films where the name and the film cover literally tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Can we take for a moment? Can we talk about the sequel, though? Yeah, we, um, we so can. I actually just posted it on my Instagram <laughs> that I was watching it. And... Um, one of my friends pointed out, she was like, oh, that movie's great, but it's so, it's so, it's so much nonsense. And I responded, really? What's so nonsensical about uh, Andrew Dice Clay in a fringe jacket, who is the manifestation of some girl's anger, uh, coming about singing terrible 80s versions of rockabilly songs before killing people with a drilling, a big drill guitar. No sense. Also, uh, all of the music in the movie is fucking awful all these original pop songs they wrote but it's got some good looking girls it's bizarre it's all fuck but i love it uh it yeah i mean it's 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 a weird movie and and kind of dumb but andrew dice clay likes it too he's like oh (laughs) hickory dickory hickory dickory dock i killed you with the giant clock that's gotta go can't can't go wrong with the dice man no right dice dice man for him yeah he's he saw. He's he's been in another horror movie as well. Um, well, he's also the star of uh, Brain Smasher, a love story, which is a. That movie. is it. Yes, thank love you. Love that movie. All right, that's that's also. Fair, Fort Fairlane's a pretty decent movie. Too, I but. I love Fort Fairlane. It is probably one, like it's probably one of my personal favorite '80s comedies. Zuzu Petals. <laughs> Shout out to uh, my homie Casey. That was one of his favorite movies growing up. Oh. Him and his dad. I think it was the movie him and his dad bonded over. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, uh, short side story, um, my my cousin, who was like two years older, um, so 
uh, my mom is originally from Scotland. My family's over there. My cousins would come over from the UK. And, and of course, like, had to embrace everything American. And my older cousin got this Andrew Dice Clay tape. Um, and I remember, like, listening to it. And he has, obviously, the very dirty nursery rhymes. And I remember uh, going upstairs as a kid. I was a young kid. And uh, I was like, oh, I learned a joke. And, and my, my god, I was like, oh, what's the joke? And I, like, said one of the nursery rhymes. And like, everybody's face just dropped. Um, that was my first <laughs> inclination of Andrew Dice Clay. I love um, it. Yeah, just, just telling um, the Mary, 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 quite contrary um, <laughs> nursery rhyme by Andrew Dice Clay <laughs> at a, such a uh, it's brilliant. great age. Between um, this and your... Uh, your um, was it what was the movie that you took over that you thought because you thought it would be Christian? Oh, uh, oh, Demon Knight. Demon Knight. <laughs> yes, I was. I well, was. Derek didn't have the best judgment. I, I was quite the scamp. <laughs> I love it. Back in the day, a little rapscallion, if you would say. But solid choice. I, so, it, it was yeah. in the contention. It's definitely very like quintessential slasher. Oh yeah, totally. All right. So my next one would be My Bloody Valentine. Like I said, we pretty much already talked about it. It's just a great movie. Um, I think Harry Warden is one of the. Uh, iconic slashers at this point. Um, you know, this the genius. I think at the time, writers were like, you know, what's a scary look? Like, we need like a hockey mask. What's a scary mask? And somebody was like, a miner's mask? <laughs> Bingo! I mean, short, shorter putting on a daddy suit. And, and I'm not going to say a gym suit based on our last conversation. Right. It's a daddy a suit. A daddy suit. Um, S&M leather suit is a that's, daddy suit. Yeah, anytime somebody puts on a a less, uh, S&M leather suit to go murder people or something black and leathery, yeah. It's just creepy. And a, and a big gas Plus, mask. I think one of the most brutal weapons, I think... And there's a lot of movies ha- have used a pickaxe as a killing weapon. But it's just a brilliant weapon for killing. It's, I don't know if anybody here has actually like swung a pickaxe. I have. Uh, you can do a lot of damage with those things. Yeah, those things are heavy. Yeah, man. Like, you get a, get a good, uh, good wind-up I mean, on that thing. they're meant to crack rocks, people. So yeah, imagine what so, they could do to a human skull. Yeah, pretty easily. Better than zombie teeth, I'll tell you that much. That's right. So if a zombie see, that's why uh, Land of the Dead's so great. They used to learn tools, so right. they crack open heads. <laughs> they know teeth won't work. All right, so my number five um, is Sleepaway Camp. Gotta love it. <laughs> great movie for, for two reasons. Number one, um, it's a mind fuck. Yeah, it is. Like, that movie is a mind fuck. Um, if you can get past the one camp concert in his short, short shorts um, through the entire movie, <laughs> um, and pay attention. The kills are great. Just the whole idea of like this little like camper, like Angela, like brutalizing the camp. Like, girls got skills. Yeah. Got boys got skills. Whatever you want to. Yeah, whatever. Say. Whatever you want to say. Uh, the, the ending the to that. Pronouns. The ending to that movie is just like probably one of the creepiest things that I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, I didn't realize till after I watched like the uh, behind the scenes documentary about that that. Um, so, major spoiler alert, if you haven't seen um, Sleepaway Camp, um, Angela, who's the killer, um, was born a boy and raises a girl, very much looks like a girl, like yeah. it is a girl, portrayed yeah. by a girl in real life, uh, except at the end where uh, he's standing naked, uh, full wang out. Full so, wang. I, hey, see, I told, I told everybody that when there's an opportunity to do a wiener count, that I would say it, wiener count number one, That's right. um, Angela Wang. <laughs> um, holding the severed head of her would-be love interest, Paul, uh, with just his mouth wide open t- scream. I didn't realize it was a prosthetic head. 
Uh, but very well done. Like I very thought, well I thought done, it was. Yeah. I was like, man, I'm like, how did, yeah. how did they figure that <laughs> figure that out? That's like. I think they just, just found some townie kid to do. Yeah. To be the body. Like, are you are you 18? Yes. Put this woman's mask on. Yeah. <laughs> and get naked. Um, In the cold. But yeah, just some some really solid kills. I would say, the sequels, um, are terrible. Pretty bad. I still think they have some solid kills in yeah. them, though. They're not bad. I, I, I say the second one over the third one, um, where she is like, goes to the, the third one's where she goes to the juvenile camp, like the inner city camp. Oh, that's right. Oh, that uh, one's bad. That, yeah. one's, that one's bad. Um, but I do think that the second one wasn't too, too bad, where she like kind of comes back and as a camp's ca- camp Get counselor, counselor. Um, sings a song, <laughs> the happy song. But the first one was just super creepy. The kills were great. That was we talked about that on a previous kill count of Gory's kills, um, where the guy gets the big pot of scalding water, water like dumped on him, like bubbling up. That's always to me one of the one of the creepier things that you see in movies if somebody's got boiling or scalding water. Um, one thing I, I will say it's a it's a sidebar to our goriest kills. <laughs> I thought of something afterwards of a really super gory kill. Is uh, you ever seen the movie Ghost of the Machine? 90s movie by the serial killer that I guess resurrected. Who was the star of it? Um, it had uh, Karen Allen was the mom in that movie. Uh, the young kid. I can't uh, remember the the Will uh, something. Um, it actually had the kid who played uh played fool from uh, People Under the Stairs in it. That's as right. His friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's this whole uh, scene where this ghost killer is in the electricity and he short searches a microwave in this guy's house and turns his whole kitchen into a microwave and basically like cooks the guy like a giant microwave and his skin bubbles up and then he slips on some melted butter and cracks his head open like an egg and i was just watching it last week and i was like that's a fucking awesome kill i've actually seen like five or six movies recently where i'm like damn that should have been on my list but i know all right sorry sidebar i'm 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 losing track of it but yeah some very gory kills um, on to your number four. Uh, so my number four, so one of my caveats when I was making this list was that I was going to keep all Giallo movies off this list because I eventually would love to get to top ten Giallo movies ever. So I was like, I don't want to keep you know cross-pollinating. So I kept trying to keep off most Giallo, especially because Giallos also have their own, their own logic, their own style. Um, Very much a, a genre among themselves. A genre amongst itself. Um, they're very relatable, but they definitely have their own vibe. But one of the ones that just made my list was uh, Deliria, a.k.a. Stage Fright, 1987. Not that fucking musical that came out <laughs> I was like, ago. Dude, don't tell me you put that musical on the list. Oh, I no. hated that movie. I love musicals, too, and that movie that just ruined terrible. it for everybody. You yeah. never want to sing again after... Oh, uh, so bad. If you're a fan of that movie, kill yourself. Just Anyways. <laughs> You're a fan of Repo the Genetic Opera. Yes. That's for you. Also, also see the action item for, for, number, first, one. for number one, please. Yeah, for the la- for preview, yeah. Uh, so anyways, it's uh, a.k.a. Stage Fright. Um, so Stage Fright was this movie. Um, very weird. Um, the story is so ludicrous. So basically what it is, I'm trying to think there's this it. weekend retreat for this musicals being made about this they're making this this musical about this like serial killer called the Night Owl, and the director is forcing all of the actors to go to this weekend retreat and locking them in to basically be like, we need to make this needs to be perfect, otherwise, you know, my career's on the line, blah blah blah. So what ends up happening is one of the ladies in the cast ends up getting hurt, 
and one of the other ladies uh, who are also on the cast sneaks her out because they're supposed to be locked in, and they go, but there's no near hospital because they're out in the middle of nowhere. So the the nearest thing that would replicate an actual hospital is this insane asylum, where there just happens to be this very famous actor who had lost his mind and gone on a on a killing rampage. Um, so coincidentally, the you know they stumble across this guy at this um, insane asylum. He hears about the thing they're doing. He ends up sneaking out, and basically he ends up stalking and killing all the people. Um, you know, on the cast on the set. Um, one of the, so it's it makes I mean it's so like ludicrous, but the kills are beautiful. The movie's shot really well. Um, I'm blank is Michelle Gones. I'm forgetting the director's name. Um, he did a bunch. Of, he actually did Della Morte, Della Mort, Della Mort, uh, Della Morta, Cemetery Man. Uh, <coughs> so he's the director of Cemetery Man. He actually he he worked with. Um, uh, Argento. He worked with a, a bunch of. He was like first unit director, I think. On oh, uh, right. Uh, is it Mikhail mm-hmm. so- Sovi? Sovi. Thank Sovi. you. Yeah. yeah. So, but he's stylistically he nailed it. First off, one of my favorite things is just when I saw it for the first time in my twenties, the killer is this dude in a black suit and a giant owl mask, <laughs> which is the weirdest goddamn choice. But for some reason, it really works. Um, you know, the movie is like super eighties. The musical at one point in the musical, there's like. I think she's dressed like an angel, Marilyn right? Monroe. And like playing a saxophone, playing a right? Saxophone. Yeah. It's like what? And it, there's a lot of sax in the soundtrack. Um, it's like not to Lost Boys. Yeah, it's right. so Cry over the sister. top. But the kills are great. But it's just it's so uh, this the soundtrack is actually you know very Italian, very good. Um, but it's just it's just like weird and dreamy and like what is happening here? And the kills are great and like um, it's got a really good ending. Um, but it's just one of those movies that like. I don't even consider it gel because it's so its own thing, but yeah. just the image of um, I'm trying to think of the killer's name. It's like Woodland, Trevor or Oliver Woodland, whatever the name of the killer is. Um, I should have rewatched it, um, but he just—it's such a great look, and um, yeah, it's a great movie. It's bizarre. It's beautifully shot. Um, it, like I said, it's definitely quintessentially Italian, but it also feels like its own thing. Um, just a very, very memorable movie. Yeah, it's so memorable that the one thing that stands out is that woman playing the fucking saxophone, saxophone. through the through the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's one I'll have to put back on my list. I haven't, I haven't seen that for a dog's age, so I'll have to, I'll have to watch that. Can't one go wrong well. with a giant owl-headed the night owl. The night owl. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my number four is the town that dreaded sundown. Whole. The original or the re- the the original? Yeah, the remake is great. Though the remake, I thought it's not was not even really a remake. It's like it's, a, a sequel. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, it, it it's yeah. like it's a, it, it's weird because it's like this. It's not a remake, kind of a sequel, a little bit meta. It's very meta. Yeah, it's about the town that's playing the movie, the town that dreads sundown. Well experienced in the town that dreads yeah. sundown. So very weird, but I mean, the cast, the, very the weird. script, yeah, very movie. well. But the original, yeah, made-for-TV movie, fantastic. Yeah, amazing movie. Um, that is one that I probably only watched for the first time, like probably like ten years ago. So like, I didn't see it growing up. Same, same. Um, but just a, a generally, I mean, again, nothing super out of the ordinary about this killer. Um, literally, just a mass killer. Like very simple. Um, but just super ominous. Takes place in Texas, so um, 
That's Texas Hollywood Arcana. Texas Arcana, but still Texas, Texas. all the same. Yep. It's right across the border uh, exactly. from Arkansas. So, uh, yeah, just a really just pretty just solid like stock and kill movie. Stock and um, kill. We've got some really unique kills in it. Yeah, super unique. And I would say for a movie like at that time, like a made-for-TV <clears throat> movie, no less, like you really don't expect a whole lot from no. like from like a movie at that time period yeah. that's really made for made for television. Um, but just overall, like, I had to put it on my list. Like, I would even say the sequel. I would even put them back neck and neck with together. Yeah, together. the sequel's great. Um, really surprising me. But, yeah, the first one, um, I love the way it's shot. It's, it, yeah. The lighting of the movie, they use a lot of natural lighting, which was really effective. Um, That's one movie that any chance I get a chance to, like, watch it, like, in the theater, I, I go try to check it out. There was a movie I took off my list that... Because specifically, because it was definitely more of a giallo, uh, called Torso, but the looks are kind of remind me a little bit of each other. A little bit, kind yeah. Of, I don't know what it is. I mean, one's more of a sack, but the other one's more like a nylon. But, but, um, but yeah, it's great. The trumpet with the knife, which is so bizarre, crazy, but really creepy and yeah. and scary. Great movie. Yeah, it was almost on my list. Um, in fact, it's. It's. Uh, I think it's my October twenty eighth viewing for my for my oh, Halloween film fest this year. Very nice. Yeah, I think she went, uh, I, I have the Shout Factory version, and it's got a really great. It looks great. Um, they did an amazing transfer on it, but yeah, very very. I love that movie. Great yeah. choice. Sweet. What's your number three? So my number three is a movie I love. Um, I actually saw it on my thirty fifth birthday in a theater. Actually, with Torso, actually, I think it was a double feature, but we did we missed Torso. We got there late. Um, is the movie Pieces one of my favorite movies ever of any genre? It's one of the craziest movies you'll ever see. Um, I'm looking it up because I don't doesn't strike a. Oh god! If you have never seen it, you must see this movie. Um, So, also opens in the '40s. You see this little boy, and he's building this just. He's a little boy making a puzzle. What's so weird about that? Is it Italian? No. Uh, well, the director's Italian. but The director's Italian. Yeah. Okay. Um, I honestly... James Gandolfini's in this? I don't know. Is he? Like, is a young James Gandolfini? Maybe. I'm looking at it. Paul Smith is in it, who was uh, Bluto in the uh, Popeye, Popeye movie. Oh, is... yeah. Paul Smith. He looks like... I mean... Look at that picture. He looks like James Gandolfini. Oh, yeah, but that's Paul Smith. That's why when right. you said James Gandolfini, I'm like, he's probably talking about Paul Smith. Uh, I'm just sorry, folks. If, if you get a chance to watch it, uh, first of all, I don't know how I missed this one, but I've not seen it. So it that's is... two on my list. Also, Paul Smith looks strikingly like James Gandolfini in this movie. So even if you don't like this movie, watch <laughs> it for the James Gandolfini lookalike. So uh, it's one of those movies where it was definitely like, the director was like, let's just fucking throw everything under the sun of this movie. Um, definitely is a, G- like, it's not, a, it's not actually not a Giallo. It's an American produced film. It was made for American audiences. But it, fe- so the killer in it, okay, let me give you a little the basic synopsis. So the movie opens with this little kid. He's, he's putting a puzzle together. Nothing wrong with that. Mom comes in. She is browbeating brain this kid. She's smacking around. You look at the puzzle, and he's building a nudie puzzle, uh, which is just conveniently missing the boobs and the the bush parts. Um, but uh, 
she goes ham on this kid. She beats him up. She's like telling him like he he's a pervert and a creep and and a loser just like his father. So he the little boy leaves the room. She, the mom's still raging. He comes back in the in the room and destroys her with an axe. The cops get there. The little kid is hiding in the uh, in the closet and he's like, "Where is he? Where is he?" Basically pretending like blaming it on some imaginary killer. The cops are like, "Oh, we gotta catch this guy," and they like basically take him. Basically saying this kid is now set free. Cut to 40 years later, we're on this college campus where now there's just carnage. Um, so the killer is basically, he looks like the Shadow, like the 1940s serial, huh? serial character, the Shadow, but which is very much inspired by Joe. You know, all leather, the, the sort of like um, large hat, black leather gloves, which who, um, but you know, instead of using the traditional Jello weapons of like a knife or a ra- straight razor, he's using a chainsaw um, oh. because it was actually trying to cash in on that Texas chainsaw money. Uh, in fact, like the one of the taglines is basically saying like uh, all Tex or all chainsaw, uh, no Texas or whatever. Um, another one was this movie is exactly what you think it is, pieces. Um, but oh yeah, there's even a big chainsaw on the cover art yeah. for it. Yeah, so he's using this be- crazy and worldly weapon. He also like he, face kind of looks a little bit like Freddy Krueger like too. Yes, like, in that in that, in in that, that yeah, he's really just taken from lots of genres here like. But Pretty it's cool. bananas. There's one sequence in... I mean, the movie just is one crazy thing that happens after another. Crazy kills. Uh, for those of you interested in the boob count, it's there's lots of boobs in this. There's this one main That's character a... who I will save something towards the end who's like this guy... He's just this weird looking... He looks like Horseshack from uh, from Welcome Back, Cotter. And he's just getting... All the ladies love this dude for some inexplicable reason. Exactly. Anyways. But he does make it towards to the end of the movie. He's like... Oh, oh, I get all Mr. the ladies. Yeah. Mr. Carter, I get all the ladies. I know. I was trying to, I'm trying to keep it super G for some reason. I was going to say something very vulgar, but I won't. But um, anyways, at one point, this like, for no reason, which was this, seeing this in the theater, the audience, look, this like Bruce Lee look like, just comes out of nowhere and starts like throwing like kicks at this, where <laughs> the female leads for literally no reason. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Going to kick you in the face. He's just like, it turned like, and the old excuse was the director was also at the same time he was making pieces was making some kung fu movie. And he's like, yeah, let's put it into some kung fu. Hey, you, you, and this movie. So uh, this this movie, I will not spoil the ending because okay. I want you all to go see it. There's two crazy surprises at the end. One of them, one of the most bad shit, bad shit, crazy things. It also makes no sense throughout the logic of the movie. But there's the very last thing is just like there's actually two big like you know shocking endings like back to back like. You know, a lot of movies carry, like, hand comes out of the grave. You know, that kind of thing? Right. There's two in this. So Ooh. the director gave you all the bang for your buck in this movie. But all right, it, this is going right to the top of my watch list. It is batshit crazy. Um, you know, it, the acting is terrible, but in the best possible way. Paul, like I said, Paul Smith, uh, I think they somebody dubbed his lines. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's definitely an absolute must-watch. Must all right. Fair enough. Also something to report back on next podcast. So my three is, uh, it definitely does not fit in the same vein as the other six other movies I mentioned, but I still liked it anyways for a unique reason, and that is uh, Happy Death Day. Um, modern, yes. Modern, yeah. Um, but I love any concept where, like, killers kind of transcend the space-time <laughs> continuum. Um and to me, it, it was very much like, you know, like if Back to the Future had a murder in it, like, uh, or Groundhog's well, Day. Or Groundhog's Day had a murder in it. Yeah. Um, I thought that, yes, in, in a lot of ways, um, 
the deaths were were okay, but I, I just there there are some scenes where like because it happens to the same person over and over and over again, they're just they're just unique. Like after a while, it's like you, you, they get creative. It's like whether you take it a bat to the head or uh, yeah, there's a stab with a bong. That's like an, right. Another one. Uh, yeah, like something crammed down your throat. Like I mean, um, they're just it gets pretty unique. So. I think that's what I really appreciated about the movie. And, and honestly, like you still have no idea. Um, you think you know who the killer is, but it's not really the killer. And then it's kind of like this unique, I would say like a big plot twist, but there's kind of a unique element to it at the end. Uh, a little bit of a mini twist, like when it's all said and done with, uh, which I thought was kind of fun. So I felt like I had to put it on my list again, for me, these are not necessarily like in order of my, my top favorite, but definitely one that I, I feel like is, if you're not talking about the traditional like stalking kill killers, like this one probably fit in there pretty well. I mean, the thing is, even even with the weird, you know, Groundhog Day, you know, premise, it's still like some dudes trying to kill this girl, and he's, yeah. you know, not stopping and killing everybody in the way. Uh, I definitely think it's one of those films that like really benefits from a really likable, strong lead actress. Yeah, she's really great in the role. Um, you see how her character sort of develops through the movie and. I really like. I, I was pleasantly surprised by that movie. Saw it in the theater. Um, in fact, coincidentally, it was the first movie I saw when I moved here to Texas. Oh. Uh, the very first movie I saw. I, I think I had. Don't even think I had a home at that point. I think I was like staying in a uh, hotel, and I just wanted to go see a movie. That was the one I saw. Got to get up. There you go. But yeah, solid choice. All right. right. Sweet. <clears throat> What's your number two? All right. So much in the vein of pieces. This number two movie on my list, I feel like it's my life's mission to get people to see this movie. Uh, it is 1983's Sledgehammer. Oh, so good. So Such a good movie. So I'm so glad you put this on your list. It is, yeah, okay. I will admit, is this a good movie? Uh, no. It's inarguably a, a, a terrible movie. But David A. Pryor and his brother Ted Pryor are really well known amongst like genre film lovers more for their action films specifically uh 1985's deadly prey um which is like this weird cult classic for you know mainly the wrong reasons but still an enjoyable film i'm a big fan of david Pryor. <laughs> david Pryor. um also but, also a movie called raw justice raw justice with yeah. pamela anderson that's right um <laughs> but uh, Sledgehammer, f- uh, for film historians was actually the first horror film shot and released on uh video um, it's so it's got one of the most okay so the the basic premise of this movie is uh, this little boy his mom is super mean to him and she locks him in the closet so that she can have an affair on her husband and she's fucking this dude while the little boy's in the closet he gets out of the closet and kills the, his mom and her lover with a sledgehammer <coughs> cut two years later <coughs> This group of friends are going out to this quote-unquote cabin, which is definitely an apartment building in Reseda, California. Um, and they go to this, which was actually David A. Pryor's, 95% of the film was actually shot in his actual apartment, and it's very <laughs> obvious. Um, but it's this, like, ghost story. Um, I think one-third of the film is shot in slow motion for some reason, I think, to extend the playtime. Um, the acting is sub-moronic, but... There's something so likable about this movie. Well, one of the reoccurring themes is like when you know the killer is going to appear, a ghost sledgehammer 
just leaning on this like apartment wall just it's just a ghost hammer this ghost sledgehammer but people ah, freak out like they saw the devil themselves when they see it um but you know it's like a little boy who then grows into this giant um beast of a man yeah this big goofy looking dude and it's they they literally like you know unlike in alice sweet alice where they use that like kind of clear like person mask to great effect it was like the director just went go to walgreens and get me whatever mask you can find so they just got this cheap plastic you know mask that you can sort of see through and it the opposite effect of alice sweet alice it just looks stupid and goofy especially because when he's like the little boy goes before he's just like this kid it's so not scary but everything i'm saying to you makes it, this movie sound like it's terrible and yes it is it's not a great movie but it's so fun it's so enjoyable you can see these people were trying really hard to make a movie um i've really watched this i remember i i saw it for the first time just not that long ago maybe six or seven years ago and um i bought it and i swear to god i must have watched it like five times on the same day i just kept having to re- I, the first rewatch was just like did i really what i did did I just get super high and I didn't really realize it? But, um, <laughs> like, my hallucinating. A, nope. It was it was just uh, just no, as I expected. It's just it David to be. A. Pryor's genius. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it has to be seen to be believed. I think it's one of those movies that like I, I hate watching anything ironically. I don't believe in ironic and ironic enjoyment. Um, I feel like if I love something, it's because I truly, genuinely love it for you know either the heart in, or the intention behind it or the execution. But I think it was one of those movies that like. You can put it on with a group of friends, and you don't have to take it too seriously. You can just really enjoy it. Right. Um, it's like some zombie party massacre, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like it doesn't have to be anything like amazing. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. A, but it's a fun. The crowd. Yeah, or, fun, yeah. and you can watch it, and it's got some good kills, and it's got some goofiness. It's and... got just pure fun. It's so silly. Yeah. It's a ghost sledgehammer killer. I mean, yeah, you can't go you wrong. Can, with... If you can't enjoy that, maybe you're listening to the wrong podcast. That's that's right. We hear. At this podcast, appreciate ghost killers. That's right. Um, just segues into my second one. Perfect. Because I have a ghost face killer on here. Yeah. Um, because I had to put Scream on there. And, and for a lot of reasons, one, we talked about this before, um, I, I do really appreciate the kills in this movie. Um, I think it did revamp the, the teen slasher genre, which I think, to your point, kind of, I think, died in the 80s. Um, never really made much of a resurgence until... This movie kicked yeah. off. I'm not saying it resurged it in the greatest of ways because we have a ton of shitty remakes out there. Um, and let's not talk about I Know What You Did Last Summer Part 2 with Jack Black and Brandy. But um, I feel like the kills in, in this one are pretty solid. Um, if you ever want to watch Fonzie get knifed, yeah, watch this movie. You want to get somebody get, that gets uh, crushed by an extremely strong garage door. door. Um, boobs half hanging out. Yeah. You watch this movie too. Um, that's my that's my lady. Yeah, it was also one of the few movies that I've I've seen that I'd seen up to that point that had more than one killer in it. Um, yeah, that's good. Which point. is surprising. So usually, you know, we we talk about slashers are kind of autonomous. They work by themselves. They're kind of antisocial in the most part. Um, maybe sometimes they fake it well, but they're always a little off. That's why in things like. Uh, you know, prom night and terror train, you know, like the killer is, is unknown. Um, and this was a, a movie where like killer was not unknown. It was literally somebody you saw through pretty much every scene. Um, they kind of set it up like the red herring, but it really truly was uh, Billy and Stu were yeah. truly were the killers. I was actually super shocked that Stu was a killer yeah. at the end. Um, 
I thought for sure that he was going to get killed or he had been killed up to that point. And that to me was like, all right, well, this actually did surprise me in a lot of ways. But um, I thought the kills were, were pretty unique in that in that sense. And it was truly a stock and slash movie. So, And I feel like it has the most contemporary and realistic reason to kill people, which is they want to just want to be famous. Yeah. They're psychopaths who want to be famous for killing. And that you, you see that literally every day. Yeah, literally, um, like, you can pretty much turn on the ID channel. Exactly, and probably, literally. And probably find, like, four or five shows or episodes that are entirely related to somebody who wants to be YouTube famous. That's right. So they went on a murder to shit ton yeah. of people. Yeah, um, it's true. It's so terrifying and true. Terrifying and super true. The thing true. is, it gets a lot of credit for re- reinvigorating the slasher genre. But it doesn't get a lot of credit for actually saving the horror genre. It's like at all for for mainstream for for theatrical releases because at that point horror movies theatrical release horror movies were not making money. People were not going to see them. Slashers are not mainstream horror had there wasn't a lot of it. There hadn't been a big success of any kind, and specifically in the slasher genre, which at that point was dead in the water. So um, it really helped save horror as a really as a genre. Period. Um, you know, that, you had films in, of the of the time like that and Blair Witch, which got a lot of flack because they were so popular that people had an instinct to basically shit on them because they're not. Yeah. Why aren't you direct-to-video? Exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why are you trying to be popular? Yeah. How dare you try like, to, yeah. How dare you Trump? How, you, how Trump, dare you appeal to a mainstream audience? Right. How dare you Trump die hard? Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I think to your point, I think up to that point, like from the 80s, um, on kind of the horror genre kind of got crapped on yep. for a long time it was like wait a minute we have famous people like Drew Barrymore that want to be in slasher movies yep. now everybody and their brother if you go look at it has started off in a slasher movie right yeah. like you look at Renee Zellweger she's in you Matthew know McConaughey. Texas, Matthew McConaughey uh Jennifer Aniston um to your point Holly Hunter right like there's a ton of people that got their chops Brad Pitt I just watching uh Cutting Glass yep. the other day um it's on Hulu yeah um and just everybody, really, that's like a great place to, to get your start, well, Jamie Lee th- Curtis, right? And that's the thing is, one thing that pisses me off when people like, and I think is a, the, the, the actual franchise got worse and worse and worse, even though I still feel like I can watch the rest of the Scream franchise, and I enjoy them, but the, for the first movies, one thing that you can't say is like Kevin Williamson, that dude liked horror movies. Yeah. He got, he understood why people liked them. He was definitely a fan. He, this wasn't a dude that was just trying to cash in. Or uh, One thing is I hate is, I hate, you know, directors or filmmakers who think they're smarter than their genre and they're sort of like making fun of the genres. Like, that was a love letter to Slashers. Yeah. Ken Williamson definitely... Um, yeah. I mean, I feel like he gave, he gave credit where credit was due for like people that had paved the way yeah. up until that point and gave a lot of really like solid dods. Plus, he had Wes Craven directed. Yeah, so I mean, like, and you can't. Yeah, I mean, you can't get on, any man. better than that. The guy who invented Last House on the Left, yep. Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, if that guy doesn't know what horror is, like, if he could buy into that, like, exactly. then, then it's good, okay. right? All right, your good. number one. So solid choice. So my number one, um, just as my is a personal favorite. Um, it's Maniac Cop Two. Um, so I was gonna ask you where you felt Maniac Cop fell on the list of like. Of... So it's it's again uh, where like in like Sledgehammer is a ghost. Uh, with Maniac, it's never declared if this dude's dead. I mean, you know, in the first one he's just a scarred dude. Uh, in the second one he 
you know, he's definitely more like, looks kind of corpse-like. Number one, I love Maniac Cop. I love the first um, one. William Lustig's one of my favorite directors. Yeah, and, never... and Bruce Campbell's in that movie. First, first, first one. one. Bruce Campbell. Second one has Bruce Campbell for a few minutes. Yeah, just for, <laughs> just for a few moments. Um, and I just read the other day there... HBO is looking at doing a Maniac Cop TV show. With Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah. Director of Drive and um, yeah. uh, only, only, uh, only, I forget the name of that movie. I love that movie. Everybody else hates it. Only God says sorry. I forget what the name of the movie yeah. is all of a sudden. Uh, also with, uh, with uh, Ryan Gosling. I yeah. can't believe. Anyways, anyways, it's a great movie. People hate it, but I like Nicholas Winding Refn. I think but uh, yeah. Anyways, Maniac Cop. Maniac Cop. First Maniac Cop, I love Solid it. Solid pick. So first off, listeners, if you're out there, um, uh, you will never meet a bigger fan of the actor Robert Zadar, um, uh, who I feel like, you know, um, I actually have some friends who are actually were friend, befriended him before he passed away. Uh, was supposed to do an art show. Um, so I was actually working on a piece for an art show in his honor, but then he passed away and they decided to do a fundraiser thing instead. But it still breaks my heart because I was... Hoping that Robert Zadar would see my love letter, my my drawing of him in all of his majesty. But anyways, Robert Zadar plays Matt Cordell, who returns from this the first film. Um, William Lustig, the director, um, who's you know like I said, one of I just love 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 him as a filmmaker. Um, he really wanted to make it ele- like elevate the material. First off, you had uh, um, uh, Cohen. I'm so bad with names. The whatever part of my brain that stores names now I've gotten older is deteriorating. It's, it's gone. But L- Larry Cohen. Larry Cohen di- wrote it um, and William Lustig uh, directed it. But they really, they took a really, one, a really s- silly premise huh. of a... Also has the illustrious Tom Atkins in it as well. Yes, uh, Tom Atkins. Um, but they took a silly premise of a cop, uh, you know, a, a psychopathic cop. But they really tried to elevate it. It was, there is like noir, film noir elements. Um... There's like allusions to like the Universal monsters. Like it's just it's it's a movie that you uh, you know a lot of people look at the surface and sort of dismiss. But yeah, you know, it's actually a really well made film. Um, I'm also blanking on the the actor's name. Um, Richard Roundtree. Oh well, Richard Roundtree. Yeah. Is it? But um, you know the uh, Potmark guy that's he was like super big in the '80s character actor. But he's actually he actually replaces. Um, um, I, Bruce Campbell is the sort of male lead in it. Um, anyways, he's a great actor too. The, the cast is great, but Matt Cordell is just my favorite. I, he's so imposing. Um, in this, he really is like almost like like Jason level of unstoppable. Um, some great action pieces. The 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 chase sequence with the taxi, which I guess was actually really precarious when they did it. Um, the actress really almost got injured. Um, uh, just it's a great movie, man. It's like if you, especially we talk about sequels that are better than the, the original. I definitely put, uh, and I love the first Maniac Cop, but Maniac Cop Two just takes it to another level. I think they everything they they learned making the first one, they got you know they perfected on the second one. We won't talk about part three. Um, oh, but, just, that didn't happen. Yeah, but it's just a great movie. I think I think the character of Matt Cordell is I think such an underappreciated like slasher horror movie icon. First off, especially in this day and age where there's so much, you know, police brutality and people being murdered by cops, like I think it's also very timely. That's why I think the idea of a uh, oh, yeah, TV definitely. show would be, you know, very interesting. And I think Nicholas Winder is the perfect guy to do that. But at the same time though, at the end of the day, it's you know, it's it's a it's a jacked up looking psycho cop killing people. Like Yeah, that's also another one where that is 
like um, the guy who plays Maniac Cop, he's he's not a tiny dude. No, he's a huge dude. No, he's he's a bulking beast yeah. of a guy. If you've so ever like, seen Tango and Cash, which it, you <laughs> should see, Tango fantastic and Cash, movie. He plays uh, quote unquote Conan in that. Um, yeah, I mean he, this guy's jacked, and like the fact that he's like he's back quote unquote from the dead. Seeking revenge, like he's just fucking people up left and right. Yeah. That's uh, an imposing th- character. Very much throws Bruce Campbell around like a rag doll, doll through like half that movie. Um, just like could not think of anybody better to play uh, a maniac cop than that guy. Yeah. Like, and if you ever like for the listeners, definitely Google Robert Zadar. Uh, he had a very unique facial structure. Yeah. He had people say like Jay Leno had a big jaw. Yeah. He's got nothing on Robert Zadar, uh, but yeah, perfect. And again. He carries it like he when he is on screen. He's he's a presence. He's a like. presence on screen. So um, and every, check out every one of his movies. Check out Samurai Cop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which yeah. is another Robert Zadar movie. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Anyways, rest in peace, Robert. Yes. R.I.P. Um, all right. So mine, my number one. Either people love this movie or they hate this movie, but I think it's got the most brutal fucking kills like I've seen in a long time it is Hatchet I love Hatchet um, great movie I have problems with Adam Green but I do love Hatchet yeah um, I think that kind of <laughs> I think that kind of goes in the vein of like hate the director that's right or like you're a shitty human being yeah. but yeah. I love your movie yeah. um, say what you want about that is also this is also another movie that is fun uh, has Kane Hodder in it which I can always appreciate um, in any role yep um Victor Crowley, he's also somebody who's just, this guy's a beast. Um, very, very effective makeup. Um, yeah, And super, I like that they, just, what they did with the anatomy because they yeah. bulked him up, but it doesn't yeah. even look human. He looks almost like, like a mongoloid. Like, I mean, very like, mongoloid, yeah. yeah like, I would say, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I want to say, like, it kind of falls in the vein of um, not quite, but kind of in, like, the wrong turn kind of. Yeah. Wrong turn, and, hills have yeah, eyes kind of look. That's right. Um, which are, I think, a whole other subgenre among themselves, which I was, I really was tempted to maybe not put this on the list because I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because yeah. I think if you're talking about Stock and Kill, that's also another series of movies where, like, yeah. traditionally they are pretty good at hunting people down. But I feel like this is not a group. It's one person. It's, yeah. Um, and the whole, I mean, the impetus for yeah. this film was literally to, Give Jason Kane Hodder yeah. a new slasher character, so yeah. definitely um, in the same vein. But yeah, he is. This guy's just brutal, brutal. Um, and you know, if you ever want to see somebody get their like pretty much their head ripped off, oh, dude, that or, that's, that almost I mean, made my list. Yeah, um, that's one thing I'll say um, about Adam Green. That dude does like, know. I, I have never breaks that guy. Oh I, God, I rips him in half. Like yeah. uh, I think it was. I, I want to say it maybe wasn't the first one. There's so many great kills. That like I have a hard time keeping track yeah. between all of them. Um, there is literally one scene where like uh, this woman runs off. She gets her arm ripped off with her cell phone in the hand, right. and then her cell phone hand shoved right. up her ass. <laughs> I want right. to say her ass, um, <laughs> like out her mouth. Like where else can you see, see that? This is not a, a film of rocket science. No, you are not watching this for any other reason to watch people get brutalized. Is Tony Todd in the first one, or is he in the sequel? Tony Todd is in the all three of them, actually. Isn't I think, he? yeah. Doctor Zombie, what is it? Yeah, Doctor Doctor Zombie or Doctor Voodoo. Doctor Voodoo, uh, yeah. Something like that. yeah. Voodoo, yeah. Um, does the riverboat tours? Yeah. Like these just a cast half-ass the... riverboat yeah. tours that take you by Victor Crowley's place, but right. um, 
Yeah, great movie. Even the sequels uh, had uh, Danielle Harris in it, who, who is who is amazing. Um, she, to me, is also another great scream queen that gets very underrated in a lot of movies. Um, um, she was the only redeeming quality of See No Evil Part Two. Just yep. throwing that out there. Um, Jacob Goodnight almost landed on my list. I do, I do like he's a he's a pretty decent killer, but I think he kind of. I think. Uh, um, uh, Glenn Jacobs, or yeah. Kane as he's more commonly Kane. referred to, is the yes. perfect guy yeah. to play a uh, uh, slasher villain. He's yeah. I would say that that's like ten inches tall. And on a on a on a side note, I would say that wrestlers, and we were talking about this before. Wrestlers make the perfect, yep. like perfect people for horror movies. Um, they are huge. They're massive. Like they are mean sometimes. Like they know how to throw their stuff around. And um, yeah, yeah. Kane Jacob Goodnight is also. Uh, another one as well, but yeah, Hatchet is probably I had to put it on there because uh, that guy just terrorizes people. In fact, I'll give I'll give Adam Green and, and Hatchet the first Hatchet. Uh, we'll give him a special award, which is consistently great creative kills in that movie. Like it's yeah. it's not your typical stab with a machete or yeah. Yeah, I really it, don't see like I have yet to see a movie um, all the way through his kind of like ten year iteration, Victor Crowley. Where there was a single kill that wasn't brutal or unique, so it's like in unique and crazy yeah. in some way. Uh, so say what you want, like I mean about the Adam Green, like um, yeah. It's, uh, so, We're gonna dovetail here before we yeah, end this, just real yeah. quick, because uh, this is this is a, okay. something that's close to my heart. Okay. We talked about one thing that, like you know, I know when Frey Jason came out, like King Hodder was really like upset that you know because he was really passionate about the project and had that idea had been bounced around for years, and he was really excited to do it, but they didn't cast him. I know a lot of people hate the Halloween remakes, but Here's my thing. And I brought this up with Mad Men Mars. To me, Tyler, uh, uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler, Maine. Tyler Maine. Yeah. Look, man, that's that's what I want to see is Michael Myers. Yeah. I don't know the actor's name, but the act, the you know the when you see the juxtaposition of um, the actor who plays Jason Voorhees next to Robert England and Fred and Frey versus Jason, yeah. that that dichotomy, that juxtaposition of like. The nimble, tiny little Robert England versus this massive Jason. Look, man. I mean, these are these characters are bigger than life, and you know, I think like if I'm running away. In fact, you know, I have. I, there's a, I've seen a few horror movies where like the, they have this like sort of like very athletic, big male lead and fighting this, you know, this psychopathic killer. I'm like, this is like a fair yeah. fight. Like I don't want to see a fair fight. Yeah. I want to see a, I want to see a man mountain. Yeah, and the same thing I, I could say for like even. Um, with the Friday Thirteenth remake, mm-hmm. um, yes. say, say what you want about that, but Derek Mears, Derek who, Mears, Derek Mears um, who has played a lot of like really big, he's played a Predator yep. um, in the Predators movie. He um, played uh, the uh, uh, um, Pluto in the Hills of Eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a bulking dude as well. Yeah, six like, five, six yeah. six, like well built. But he's also like the thing is, he's a big guy. Yeah. Also, sweet sweetheart, Derek yeah. Mears. If you're listening to this, like. You've always been a super nice gentleman to me. Every time I've met you, a really nice guy. Yeah. But he he's also a good actor. So yeah. when he's in the suit, he like that's why Kane yeah. Hodder is like Kane Hodder presence. Well, yeah. Derek Mears has presence, but he's also like yeah. And I get it. I get Kane Hodder's perspective. Like, Absolutely. hey, you've played that role for a long time. You do a good job. That's no, is, and I'm not is, shooting on yeah. Kane Hodder. I love Kane Hodder. Yeah. He was definitely the most memorable. He's I, again for listeners like yeah. I love uh, uh, Jason yeah. in New York. Uh, I think that's how. Yeah, <laughs> but I think, him going around yeah I think what we're getting at is like these type of killers having a scrawny dude play these guys just it doesn't do it justice. Doesn't like, do it justice. These guys have to be like Herculean in a yeah. sense. Like 
they're nonstop killing machines. Like you have to be able to take the beating that they take. Like, and I think that's like why, like the Kane Hodders and you know the Canes and the Derek Mears and the, and the Taylor Maine, like. Those those guys are big dudes. Yeah. Like they definitely represent well, regardless of what you think of the movie. Yeah. Like if you even if you think it's a crap movie, yeah. they're still they're still like very good at what they do. Like hats well, off. Well, that's to the them. thing. That's why I think wrestlers, specifically too, wrestlers, translate to the horror genre as well. Because first off, they're usually a lot of wrestlers are large guys, but they're also having to be athletic. They have to carry them. They have to a lot of their character they give out physically. So in roles that aren't necessarily speaking roles, they not only are they big men, athletic guys, but they know how to like act physically because that's what they do in the ring. They're, a lot of their characters are expressed through their physical actions. So anyways, that's a nice little side trip. We took side, down yeah, a little yeah, yeah, very, very valid point though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that wraps up our list. And I think we got a... Uh, we got best horror movie sequels uh, next week, right? I think so. Yeah, that's our, that's on our list. We have some exciting things planned for this podcast, so uh, stay tuned. I guess uh, to all a good night. Yeah, and then if you guys have uh, your own slasher movies that you, me and Derek maybe left off our list that you are passionate about, yeah. hit us up on social media. Or let, let us know. Tank has his social media. Yeah, yeah. Whatever uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Friendster, uh, my MySpace, whatever, whatever you have. Um, unless you're going to recommend uh, Repo the Genetic Opera, and then, and then you can go movie. fuck yourself. Exactly. Like, don't. <laughs> don't. We don't want none of that trash. We don't want none of that trash. Right. <laughs> or, right. or adjacent crap. Exactly. I don't know. That's just trash adjacent. That's just trash adjacent. Sorry, Tank. That's right. That's right. All right, folks. Have a great night. Till we'll see you next week. time.